This is Steve Yegi talking about Amazon as a customer instead of an employee, as a customer and their value of customer obsession. So first in this little series was I talked about their ability to root out disease and dysfunction in the, in the organization and, and, and squash it immediately. The second one was about their focus on retail customers and individual people and how they put that front and center and first and foremost, and there was no also customer service mentality there. Um, in this episode, what we're talking about is uh, that situation where Grab's servers would run on uh, Amazon's cloud. So it's like a rental service. It's like we rent computers from, from Amazon. And we have other options. We could have been on Google's cloud. We could have been on Microsoft's cloud. And there were some efforts actually to get on a Microsoft's cloud, at least part of the computing, just to um, really mostly, I think, for negotiating leverage. But, but the reality was Grab was not really that important. I mean, there are a lot of companies on cloud. Uh, essentially, someday, all companies that have any sort of computing in the background, which is most companies, will have uh, a cloud presence, okay? And so, you know, huge, huge names. You know, Netflix runs on Amazon. They'll go figure. They don't have their own data centers, as far as I know. Everything, you know, I certainly know their biggest, their, uh, their Amazon's biggest customer, or they have been, and they go in and out of being Amazon's biggest customer. You look at the top 50 customers for Amazon, and uh, Grab's not in that list. You look at the top 100 customers, and Grab's probably not in that list, just in terms of how much they're spending, okay? Corporate customers. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty sizable chunk of money, but not, not really a blip at, at Amazon scale. And yet, uh, whenever I had a question uh, about Amazon's cloud, let me tell you what I what I did, okay? Um, I would say, hey, Bob, can you come over here for a sec? Yeah. Notice I'm not touching a phone or a computer. Uh, I'm talking to Bob over here who, who is from Amazon. He's an Amazon employee. He's a cloud specialist and uh, knows how to answer a lot of customer questions. Uh, he's an engineer, uh, and and Sue, you know, Bob and Sue, she she would do the same thing. They'd come in. We had all these these different uh, account reps in a rotation, uh, and they would uh, they would come over and so yeah, what do you need? What do you need? What were they doing in my office? In Grab's office in downtown Bellevue. We're not a top hundred customer. They can't. That, how does that even scale? They can't have enough people to go and sit on site with every single customer. Now you could make the argument, oh well, Grab's kind of important because you know they're going to be the gateway to Southeast Asia and so on and so. They're Masasan's investment. They're big, and you know there was a lot of you know smoke and mirrors, and you know it's it's all true, and it's going to come true, and 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 Grab is going to be dominant. But it's never been a foregone conclusion. I mean, Uber was competing with them, and then now Gojek's competing with them, and Gojek has a bunch of really big investors, and it's not clear cut, right? You know that they're that they're gonna be big, and why would you bet on a customer that's gonna be big when you've already got customers that are already big? And yet, Amazon had people sitting in our offices. You know, uh, they offered, we said yes. Uh, you know, Microsoft got wind of that, and they sent some people too, and that was that was fine. You know, you know us too. Um, but it was never really the same. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna close with a with a story about. Uh, I'll close this off with a story about um, the conferences, okay? The developer conferences, because those are sort of a customer interaction, sort of a way that they um, can demonstrate customer obsession. And it's kind of um, it's not a direct thing; it's more of an indirect thing, you know. And how successful the conference is, but you know, it's a it's a it's a signal. 
so the story is, I was at my grab in my um, <coughs> my first year. It was 2018. Uh, I had joined just late the previous year, and uh, my boss Mark Porter, he said, "Hey Steve, yeah, let's uh, let's go to reInvent." reInvent is Amazon's cloud conference. Okay. It's about AWS and it's in Las Vegas and you know, I'm in Seattle. And so it's only like a two and a half hour flight. And so it made sense, you know, for, for, for me to go and represent, uh, you know, as a head of engineering and ads and all that stuff. Uh, but I didn't want to go, uh, you know, I, I like, I don't like conferences. I don't know why I don't like them. I just don't like them. Like they're, they're a waste of time. They just, they're just like, um, I could go on and on about how how shallow they are, but there there nothing gets done at a conference, and there I don't see the point. Uh, a lot of people do like them. They like they got their badge and their lanyard and their package of swag, and they're like, I'm at a conference, and they feel important or something. And people speaking at conferences feel important. I've done that too, and then it was ultimately it was like, why did I do that? What was what was the goal here? Right, just building brand recognition with developers, I guess. You know, fine, fine. It's fine that they have them and it's fine that some people like them, but I didn't want to go, okay, because I was busy. Like, my job was very stressful. And I'll talk about my job at Grab and how working with Asia from the United States is just in general in, in another episode. And Mark's like, oh, no, come on, man. You got you to gotta come. You got to come. It's like, you have to. <laughs> and he was very insistent. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, fine. I'll take a hit for the team and I'll go to Las Vegas and bring my wife along and we'll upgrade our hotel room at our own, on our own dime. And we'll try to make it a fun trip because conferences suck and I don't want to go, but we'll do some gambling. So we go to reInvent, which I've never been to before in 2018. And, uh, well, I went and I learned. Um, there were basically three components of the conference that I want to compare to the Microsoft conference that I went to a couple of months later. The, uh, the first one was the keynote speech. I want you to remember these things when I talk about the Microsoft ones. Uh, the keynote speech is, you know, by Andy Jassy. I don't know if he still does it, but at the time, you know, for many years, Andy Jassy would give the keynote. And you know what a keynote is, right? A keynote is some self-important person standing up there and going, well, I'm really super glad that you all came and boy, I'm sure making a lot of money off this and uh, let's head up to the strip club. I mean, you know, whatever. I don't, keynote speeches. Um, this was not that. So I don't know if they're recorded. Man, it would be really, uh, really interesting if you could just watch maybe. Uh, Andy Jassy stood up on stage for like two and a half hours. And this was in like a Vegas hotel, like their conference area. Like I think it was the Venetian and, or the Palazzo. And they they like had these giant rooms with giant screens and he was projected on the screens. I wasn't in the room with Andy Jassy because I showed up late because 65,000 people showed up to the conference, a whole football stadium filled with people, a bunch of tech geeks, all like with this narrow-minded focus, singleness of purpose. They came marching in. There was this buzz, this excitement. And I was just like... You know, this is new and different. It was like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, to be honest. And uh, and everybody got into the seats and there was this electric, you know, buzz. And Andy starts talking. He talked for like two hours, two and a half hours. Okay, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And it wasn't, you know, hello, folks, glad to have you here. No, he stepped there and went, well, folks, here's our report card. And he just went through and like for two hours, he just did statements of the form. You guys asked for this. We delivered it. 
you guys felt our performance wasn't up to snuff in this particular area, here's the new numbers. You felt like our competitor had an offering here that wasn't doing justice to, you know, we, we didn't do justice in our cloud. We answered, okay? Oh, and, you know, and the, he, he'd go on and on and on about things that people had asked for. And you know what? I, as a customer of AWS, of Amazon Web Services, I used a bunch of their services, and I had things that I wanted, and I saw some of them in the presentation. And I'm like, wow. I saw other ones that I knew were going to be useful. And, it, and I saw some I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. It was so big and complicated. It would be so, it would take so long to learn all of Amazon's cloud. I mean, like, I, I didn't even have time to do it all. But it was extraordinary. Uh, somebody told me, I think Mark told me that Andy, you know, goes to this like, you know, goes to his private retreat, you know, like in a movie and he like disappears for 10 days or two weeks or whatever and, you know, psychs himself out for the talk because it was a really impressive performance that he gave up on stage kind of from memory, just going feature, 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 fix, 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 performance, pricing, all this stuff. It was, it was uh, remarkable and it was all like getting just eaten up by the audience because they were like, yeah, finally, finally, right? I can use these special indexes, you know, and my Redshift will talk to my DynamoDB and blah, 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 blah. They, they finally fixed it, right? Every, there, was, there was excitement because it was he was making people's lives easier, right? They were, Amazon was taking load off of people's shoulders and shouldering it themselves. <clears throat> so that was the um, keynote. The second dimension was... Uh, the, the vendors, which was just overwhelming, right? They were, they were spread over multiple hotels and you can go anywhere and everybody who's anybody who offers a service offers it on AWS. And so everybody was there. And then finally, there were the, uh, the meetings, okay? The meetings with, with the teams, which I didn't know we were gonna have, but somebody at Amazon set up some meetings for us. I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna have some, uh, some meetings. Um, wh wh who are we talking to? And Mark's like, you know, the teams. You're scheduled to talk to, and he named off a bunch of teams that were teams that uh, owned the services. They built and launched and ran the services that I was using on my teams. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so like the account reps? He's like, no, <laughs> no, no, I mean the, the teams. And so I went in there and like, I was like, oh, you know, I, I knew some of these people. I mean, like some of them have been at Amazon for years and years. I mean, like since I was there in 2005. And it was like the engineering leads and it was the program managers and product managers and general managers, the GMs and, and the, all, all the actual people, not some proxies, not some, you know, like, you know, ambassadors. And they, and they, and they were there going, yo, hey, Steve, you know, uh, what do you need? What can we do for you? And this is where the humility that I mentioned earlier came in because I was overwhelmed that they were taking their time out of their day because first of all, running AWS is no joke. And second of all, they're all rich. Like rich as Croesus. I mean, they they all held their shares and they started in 2005 and the stock ran up from like $40 to $3,300 per share during the time that I had left. And, you know, what, what possible business could they have sitting there asking me what my team needed? Because I was with Grab, not Netflix. Right. And yet they gave each one of them gave me half an hour or 40 minutes or whatever. And they were, you know, they were serious. Like, you know, I'd say, well, we could, I mean, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. We could really use this. And I'd give them some, you know, some request, you know, and they'd look at each other and they would, they would nod, you know, and sometimes they'd tell me that it was in the roadmap or sometimes they'd take really detailed notes and say, okay, is this, and how would you rank that relative to these other features? And they would like talk about it. And I realized that I was dictating their freaking roadmap for them. Okay. 
It doesn't work like that at Google. I mean, let me tell you, when I was in Google Cloud for five years, how, how stuff worked in Google Cloud. People in Google would go, well, we solved this problem at Google because Google's pretty much solved all computing problems. And we did it our way. And our way is the best way. And I know the rest of the industry does it differently, but they're doing it wrong. And what we're going to do is we're going to get a think tank together of all of our best and brightest engineers who built Google's, cloud, uh, Google's core infrastructure and we're going to have them build the cloud version. They're going to go into a room and they're going to close the doors and get some snacks and seal themselves off. And they're going to, from, from scratch, from first principles, they're going to invent what the right solution is for these customers out here that are using the wrong thing on AWS. And, uh, and they're, when we're going we're gonna to roll it out to great fanfare and they're going to use it. You'll see. If we build it, they'll come. And, uh, and they're going to like it. That's, that's how Google Cloud operates. It's just nuts. You can't talk to a customer. Like my boss, okay, got promoted uh, in part, you know, for her innovation. And it really was an innovation, which is the saddest thing ever of talking to customers. She would, she would go out and find customers of the services that our organization built. And, uh, you know, they were always small companies, like just like they were on Google Cloud just for cost and maybe no other reason, or maybe they were ex-Googlers, right? So they had a little bit of loyalty. I mean, there's no real reason to be on Google's cloud over Amazon's cloud uh, unless you already know Google's cloud. And so, and it's because of this problem where Google designs things different from the rest of the industry. And then you have to like, you have to look at it and go, well, okay, I can learn how to do it your way. And then I'll be completely locked into your cloud and I can't migrate because Amazon does things the open way, right? And so, uh, you know, she got promoted because she would like once a year uh, bring in five, you know, volunteer cus corporate customers and put them up in director's chairs on the stage and our whole org would shuffle in and we'd all sit there for like an hour, hour and a half, however long you can go without having to go to the bathroom. And we would get to ask these people in the director's chairs, you know, so what do you think of our stuff? And one of them, they'd look at each other and one of them would say, well, you know, we kind of think it's okay, but boy, it really could be better in the following 57 dimensions. And we'd all look at each other, just like the Amazon folks, the Amazon teams did. And we'd look at each other, except we were saying, that's never going to get fixed. We knew it was never going to get fixed because we couldn't do anything about it because of blockers. I'm going to talk in, spe in specific gory detail about the kinds of blockers that exist in Google Cloud and exist in other places uh, all over... I've got buddies, people who've left Google, friends who are telling me the same horror stories at other companies. It's everywhere. But we knew it wasn't going to get fixed because uh, you can't fix stuff because Google Cloud has an execution problem because they don't put the customer first. It was innovative that we even brought them into the building in the first place once a year compared to Grab, go to ground every day, and AWS, have a person in their office an engineer sitting there in their office taking notes, begging, please tell us what we can do better. So night and day, right? So now let's now let's talk about Microsoft Build Conference, and then we will uh, we'll wrap. Uh, I mean, I really could talk about this stuff in much more detail, um, but you know, time constraints. We can revisit if it's a popular topic. Um, a couple of months after reInvent, which reInvent was just mind blowing, it just across the board. I was just like. What? I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, the first useful conference ever. So I went to Microsoft Bill and I was like, hey, maybe all conferences are good these days. 
and uh, Microsoft Build was in the Washington State Convention Center, and I also had to go to that because it's like five minutes from my house. And uh, so, of course, it made sense. And we were using some Microsoft uh, stuff uh, off of their cloud. And by the way, just, you know, up front, hey, um, you know, all the folks I worked with at Microsoft in, in Azure, the cloud, they were really smart and they were cool and they were professional and they were humble and they were nice and they were um, very accommodating. They were, they were great hosts. I hope that we were good guests. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't want to disparage anybody in Microsoft cloud because they're, they're working, you know, well, um, they're not Amazon and they know it. Right. And, you know, they, they, they know they're so far behind that it's, it's almost comically bad. Um, but, but, you know, they're trying really hard. Uh, so, but I went to the conference, uh, cause that was, that was, those were meetings that I had like on you know, in Redmond, in on Microsoft campus. Uh, but the conference, the build conference, is this big, vague, fuzzy, directionless, pointless kind of parade, sort of a fairground where I mean, basically a bunch of random people show up and they give random demos. They're trying to, I don't, it's, it's, it's back to the old conferences that I hate kind of model where they're giving just random demos that are not useful to you. So it's like, uh, you know, it's like when you go to Disneyland with your family and you decide that maybe just like you're going to spend a few minutes in, you know, in Walt Disney's Imaginarium where you can see his vision of what the 1950s thought the future was going to be like and what, you know, a, a, a modern home might be like you know and you know you go in there and it's air conditioned and you're like okay i'll hang out for a while but it's not fun and then you go back to the rides right that's kind of what microsoft build was like their their expo was just a bunch of random people most of them with macbooks uh giving demos of random stuff that they did it wasn't cloud focused it was a hodgepodge, a mishmash. Now Satya Nadella, you know, who's, you know, he really is brilliant and he's, you know, he's an amazing leader and he's kind of a magician. Uh, you know, uh, he came from Microsoft Cloud and he knows Microsoft Cloud is their business. It's their future. Like nothing else matters at this point. Windows and Office, you know, and they, they'll, they'll drag on maybe for another 10 years, you know, and they can eke some more revenue out of it. But it's kind of over and they know it. And they're not innovating anywhere else. They're trying and they're failing. Uh, it's cloud. That's their only shot at staying alive. Oracle's actually in an even worse position, but the same position, right? They just, they just have it worse. Oracle's dying quickly and they know they need to get into cloud and they can't because they have a terrible execution problem. So, so we go to build and Satya gives his keynote. Remember I told you about the three components of the, the conference and how they were all amazing. And then uh, let's talk about how they happened at, at, at Microsoft. So I went to the keynote and I was excited because Andy Jassy's keynote was just mind blowing. Okay. And I was like, I want to see what Microsoft has launched in the past year. Let's see, let's compare their progress. And Satya Nadella stood up there and he gave a keynote uh, and the keynote was pretty short and it was about how um, they were proud to announce that Microsoft had partnered with Starbucks and that they, Starbucks was using Microsoft machine learning algorithms to be able to tell you where your espresso beans came from. And that was the keynote. And it was quite frankly embarrassing to be there. It was embarrassing to watch. I was embarrassed for them. I was embarrassed for myself. I was embarrassed for everyone else in the audience. You, I, I mean, what the hell? 
And uh, so I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, that maybe the keynote isn't really the right way to measure the success of a of a developer conference. Maybe they maybe they they fell a little short there, unless you're a really really big espresso bean fan. Uh, but you know, uh, maybe the other areas. And to be fair, you know, in one area, which is the team meetings, where we got to meet with the teams, same thing. We got to meet with the teams. They were real nice to us. They were competing for our business from AWS. They wanted us, I think, as a um, just to show off, just like they could show off Starbucks, right? They didn't care how big we were. We were just Southeast Asia, but they were still very nice, and we had good meetings with them. And they, you know, they offered to go fix things. Uh, don't know how how much progress they made on those things. I'd be curious. But the, the 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 third pillar, which I only briefly touched on, right, was the 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 vendor booth, the floor, which is kind of like you know when you go to the state fair, you go to a you go to a big event you know, uh, an art fair or a crafts fair or something where there's like, there's a bunch of space where people can, can pay to have a booth, right? Like a little tent, a pavilion or whatever. And, you know, like buy to Seattle, you can go get food. And of course the measure, the yardstick of like how successful your event is and, and whether your venue was worth the money is how many vendors showed up. And then, you know, in turn, that'll drive, you know, people showing up. So my buddy, uh, my buddy who's uh, now at eBay, and I hope to get him on the show too, he says, uh, he's with me there at the Microsoft Build Conference. He goes, yeah, let's go check out the vendor pavilion because you know what? That's how you tell how successful a cloud is or any platform for that matter. And he was right. He says, you know, it's a, you can see if there, you know, if there's a, if there's a lot of, let's say there's a lot of database companies there, okay? And they're all saying, hey, use our database on Microsoft Azure. What that means is that Azure doesn't have good enough databases because there's a bunch of third-party vendors going, hey, pay us a bunch of extra money on top of your regular cloud bill for our better database than the one that Microsoft has. And there's all kinds of different, you know, uh, parts of a cloud that could potentially have third-party offerings that compete with the core cloud. And Amazon, of course, had all of them. And so we went to Microsoft to see what holes they had, what was missing from their lineup. And we went in there and it was just like, it was like the old west, the tumbleweed rolls by and we were a couple gunslingers and the town was completely empty and we were like, ooh, you know, like we could hear the, the, the spaghetti western music playing. It was empty. There was nobody there. I'm not talking about people. Yeah, there were no people there. It was just people, random people wandering around. It looked like a carnival. But there were no companies there. There were no vendors. There were like four, like total like I knew some of them personally. They're like, "Oh, hey, Steve," and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, hey, what are you doing here?" And they're like, uh. <laughs> "You know, because there was there was no point because there like there's a marketplace at work here, and marketplaces require buyers and sellers, and you have to have a lot of buyers and you have to have a lot of sellers, and you can't have one or the other with that imbalance. Half of them will evaporate." And sure enough, I don't know if it's because Microsoft Cloud doesn't have enough customers or because Microsoft Cloud's really bad because they don't have enough vendors, but for one reason or another, all of the booths at the pavilion were filled with Microsoft teams. It was like whoever planned it was like, oh my God, we didn't get anybody to sign up for this thing. So get your team, get in there and just pretend to be a third party, sort of, right? And so they're waving like, yeah, hi, you know, we're, we're a Microsoft team that, you know, is here in the vendor floor. And it was 80%. Microsoft and I, we were floored. We were like, there's not a hole in their cloud. Their cloud is a big gaping hole, the whole thing. And, you know, so we left, you know, very disappointed. The whole thing, I mean, honestly, if they, they did more brand damage, you know, certainly to me as just a developer who uses cloud, I use Google's cloud, but it doesn't matter, um, you know, 
the whole point of a dev conference, as far as I know, is to build you know brand excitement and enthusiasm for the for their for their brand, for my, the Microsoft brand, the Azure brand. They did more damage to that by having that conference that 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 I gave feedback on, and I'm sure they didn't read it. Uh, than than if they hadn't had the conference at all. I mean, seriously, they should they should just pass. Why wasn't even why wasn't it about cloud if cloud is going to be their business going forward? Their only hope, right? Obi Wan, their only hope is cloud, and yet they had all this other stuff, right? And I'm sure part of this is because of the disease that we're going to talk about, which is that uh, a lot of teams get big and they have a lot of sway when they shouldn't. So anyway, this has been our episode about corporate customers. Uh, to recap, uh, I became a corporate customer of a cloud uh, uh, at a, bit, a fairly medium-sized company, Grab, uh, for the first time in 2018. And, and I continued that relationship with Amazon through until the pandemic started. Uh, I was blown away by how... Um, customer obsessed. I mean, it's such a cliched term. And yet I was blown away that they were sitting there asking me what I wanted their roadmap to be. And, and, but you know what? I wasn't surprised because that's exactly how they treat their retail customers, right? That you're the retail customers in aggregate are voting for what's next for Amazon. And, uh, and once you reach that point, I'll tell you when you're done because Amazon's like done in a sense. Okay. Done for the day, say, the, 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 the guy sitting, you know, or the gal sitting at the table near my desk from Amazon who I could ask questions to day in, day out, month in, month out, right? The entire time we were AWS customers, they were done and they had done their job and they could feel good when we said, we're good. Thank you. You've done so much great stuff for us and we really can't think of anything else that we need at this time not even speculative. We just, we're good. That's when you know you're done. And that's when you break through into this new, you know, greenfield, you know, sort of innovation space where you can say, wow, our customers literally have everything their heart could desire that they know about, that they can think of. Uh, let's start thinking of things for them, which is what Google started with. Remember, Google's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, there were Google teams that would go in and design something and then a product manager from another company, there was a really good PM from Microsoft and she came in and she was like, she was uh, just rocking in Google Cloud and she got attached to this one project and she came to me and she said, they just went into a room and designed something that's completely unusable and nobody would want it and they didn't ask anyone and she had to she had to go in and she had to slap them around and say you need to start over again and this time make sure there's a customer in the room with you and they were like huh huh uh, you know because google it's all about also the customer also we do customer we, we talk to customers sometimes too it's night and day all right so Today's episode went a little long, but I'm sorry, I just couldn't find any place to cut that. That was just an incredibly good rant on the different clouds and what it's like to be a customer of theirs. Obviously, his perspective is very extreme. I can't believe that Microsoft's cloud was that bad. And I also can't believe that Amazon was that good. I know because I worked there that we had a lot of flaws and we had a lot of problems with fulfilling customer requests and we left a lot of them unanswered and you just humanly cannot possibly fulfill every customer request. That's just not possible. So it is just an extreme. It's an ideal. Please don't take it literally. But I think he's directionally correct.